Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. Once again, the coronavirus pandemic giving enterprising business people a new way to make money. In fact, this market is about to explode with the NBA, Major League Soccer, and all the other major sports leagues who have been sidelined soon to restart in some form of action over the next few weeks. And as the coronavirus still continues to exist, social distancing means fewer people can be in the stands, if any at all. But those franchises do want the seats to look full. Enter now a man named Ingo Mueller. The German ordered a cardboard cutout of himself to take down to the local soccer stadium to put in his season ticket seat to support the team. And then he thought, I bet I could sell these. And now he sold 21,000 fan cardboard cutouts at about $20 each. Sports teams from 15 other countries have contacted him about setting up their own cardboard fan program. Genius. Pure genius right there, Cliff. (laughs) Exactly. There's no telling what he's going to make off of this when it's all said and done. You know, we need some cardboard fans. We do. Well, (laughs) we could put them here in the studio, Cliff. Yes. You could take some home to the sweatpants lounge and just feel like we're actually entertaining cardboard. (laughs) Entertaining cardboard. You know, we're pretty good at that, though. When it comes to cardboard, we own that demographic. Well, I want to welcome everyone to the Morning Road Show, and later yes. on this morning, I'm going to give a signal, and when I do, it'll be a little mm-hmm. whistle. I want everybody to put on your tinfoil hats, because it's going to be that kind of day. <laughs> no. Yes. Cliff? Yes? Last night, mm-hmm. I had one of them epiphany things, or whatever them things are called. <laughs> epiphany. Epiphany. Whatever that word is. I had one. Yes. <laughs> I, okay. I had it. Whatever it is, you had it. Whatever it is, I had it. You see, I was watching, and I usually don't watch game shows. I just don't get too excited about any of them. Yeah. But I was watching. I had recorded it. I thought I'll give it a listen and a look. And it was called Press Your Luck. Okay. Now, I don't really care for the show. I think it's kind of silly. It's got whammies and all this other malarkey in it. But the hostess of this thing caught my eye. Okay. It's Elizabeth Banks. And this lady... This lady is so fired up and excited for you to win that it's almost contagious when you're sitting there. Even though Mm -hmm. you don't know anything about the contestants, you want them to win because she's so excited for them. And I thought to myself, maybe, Cliff, maybe game show hosting, maybe I could do that. (laughs) Well, I mean, you, you could get excited like that, that infectious excitement to get other people interested in something that's really not all that interesting. Are you referencing take it to the bank as a matter of fact yes oh well i figured so <laughs> so see i can do that part of it i i'm yeah i mean i can't pull off her looks by any means there's no way i can do that but yeah. as a consolation glyph i have my own buzzers already you do i have my own buzzers at home so i would come in there and say hey look you don't even have to hook nothing up i've got a collection of them <laughs> you think i could get in with that cliff you 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 might very well, yes. My fake infectiousness yeah. and my collection of buzzers could make me a new uh, 
game show just, host. Just make sure you put fresh batteries in your buzzers before you go in for the interview. We, this is a story of white-collar crime, the criminals who commit it, and the punishment they get when they're caught. The Carnegie Library in Pittsburgh opened its doors in 1890 and since then has become not only a network of libraries that serves the Pennsylvania metropolis, but also a world-class research institution and a home to a collection of very old and rare photographs, recordings, artifacts, and even more rare and valued books. Thankfully, there are some of those still left over, as former librarian Gregory Priore and bookstore owner John Schulman have been sentenced for the crime of theft and of receiving stolen property, as the two both pled guilty to conspiring to steal rare artifacts and antique books from the library's collection and then reselling them through Schulman's bookstore. Now, at this point, you might be asking, what harm is that? To which the response is, about 25 years worth of crime and a loss of, to the library of about $8.1 million. The crime, different than the Ocean's Eleven movie, and that it wasn't quite as much as the take in that film, but it was real, and it happened over a long period of time, and neither of those dudes looked like George Clooney or Brad Pitt. In fact, they look a lot more like Whedon Cliff. <laughs> Police described their deed as the largest antique book theft in the world, but because of the pandemic, they were only sentenced to home detention. Okay. <laughs> you know, security there is not real good, Cliff, if they can Apparently go on for not. 25 years and nobody's figured out that, you know, there's less books here. B books are missing. Especially the really <laughs> expensive ones are gone. Yeah. You would think they would have those, you know, stored somewhere special under lock and key. Well, see, the guy was the librarian. He had the key. Correct. But somebody would go in there and go, you know, there was a lot of books in here at one time. <laughs> Where'd they all go? Where'd they all go? <laughs> Finally, this morning, Cliff, I yeah. now know what our wonderful listeners are going through as they listen to this program. Oh, you do, huh? I can't stop yawning. And I never <laughs> do that. It's one continuous yawn after another. It's like I can't get enough oxygen or something. <laughs> so... That I mean, yeah, that's exactly what our listeners go through every day. <laughs> I've often wondered what it feels like on the other end of this microphone. And now, Cliff, yeah. I think I, I'm about to yawn right now. It's like one continuous yawn after another. <laughs> that's that's this program today. <laughs> or any other day. Or any, yeah. Some point in time, Cliff yeah. and I are going to attempt a world record. <laughs> it's going to involve, in case you haven't heard, his head, shaving cream, and ping pong balls. That's right. There is apparently an established world record which we will attempt to beat. The procedure seems to be as follows. We uh, use as many uh, cans of shaving cream as necessary to form a giant hat on my giant head. And then you're going to throw ping pong balls at it. And you have to stick a certain amount in 30 seconds. At six feet away from you. Oh, it's six feet now. Yes. Okay. But I got okay. to thinking about this, Cliff. Perhaps we should go for another record. A different one or in addition to this one? A different one. Okay. How about, are you a good egg stacker? <laughs> An egg stacker? Yes. I don't know. I never tried to stack eggs. Well, maybe we should start or you should start practicing there in the sweatpants lounge. Okay. The world record for stacking one egg on top of the other vertically has just been established. Okay. How many eggs do you think it is, Cliff? Is it like, I don't know, eight, nine, ten? Not even close. 
Oh, it's not, a, huh? A miserly three. Only three? Three eggs. <laughs> the guy that said it's 20, he's been stacking eggs since, eggs since he was six years old. And I'm thinking, three? Surely, Cliff, we can stack four eggs and get the world record there. Don't you think so? Well, if he set the world record at three, we have to get four. Do you think we can do it? I don't know. I've never tried it. <laughs> I've been contemplating whether we should just scrap the whole throwing stuff at your head <laughs> and go with egg stacking. Well, it seems like basically if we do egg stacking, uh, only one person at a time uh, can can set the world's record. So it's all going to be on you, my friend. I don't know, you, Cliff. You can get started today if you want to. Maybe... Maybe it's a dream. Maybe we should just leave it to the experts. I don't know. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> Long way to get that, there, wasn't it? That took forever to get there now, didn't it? <laughs> Princeton police issuing a reminder about the fireworks ordinance in town. Mainly, if you're shooting them off now, it's against the law. <laughs> Have you heard fireworks in your uh, part of town? Oh, good Lord, Cliff? yes. Okay, all right. <laughs> Not that I'm, you know, upset about it or anything. I can tell. It's illegal. <laughs> yeah. You you made that point earlier. Well, Cliff, I know that you're yes. sitting there at the sweatpants lounge, and a lot of yes. folks have been at home. I mean, there's a bunch of people that are doing their yeah. work from home. And uh, one of the good things, amongst many other things that's perfect about that is, well, you don't have to deal with a co-worker that, you know, covers themselves in cologne or perfume. <laughs> yeah, that whole uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cloud, it's yes. a cloud. And a recent online poll asked twenty five thousand people if they think people who wear cologne and perfume need a little bit more perfume or cologne put on them. <laughs> and overwhelmingly, they said, "No, stop doing that. You're yeah. wearing too much." And that leads me to this, Cliff. Okay. Do you have a particular fragrance you consider to be your Signature scent? Uh, you mean that I would wear? Yes. The pro I do, but the problem is, is they don't make it anymore, so it's like really rare to get. Um, they, they, it's a Hugo Boss fragrance, and you just I mean the only place you can buy it is like online. You can't buy it in the store anymore. Have you been wearing this for years? I, I've worn it for several years, but not recently because I've run out and haven't been able to find it. What's the name of it? You remember? It's called Dark Blue by Hugo Boss. Dark Blue. Yes. Mine's called That's Close Enough E Toilet. <laughs> no, that's what a lot of people say, Cliff, when I start walking toward them. That's close enough. <laughs> yes, and I add the de toilet. Yeah. Did you ever think maybe that they say that's close en has nothing to do with your fragrance? <laughs> well, not until now. <laughs> We'd be have spoken before of the fact that people will steal anything, anytime, and anywhere, but apparently these same rules also apply to gambling. We already know bookies will put odds on really weird sports stats, like how long it'll take the celebrity to sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl, or even some other stuff, like, say, when will aliens invade the Earth? But now a Costa Rica-based online betting service offering bettors to put money down on when a great white shark will attack a human. Now, they're actually limiting it to about a dozen great whites, which they're watching the whereabouts of. They're all currently wearing tracking devices installed by scientists and are all perusing the Atlantic Ocean. 
Clients of the bookies can put money down on which one of the dozen will be the first to do the deed. Although the bookies say they're not offering odds because that would be in bad taste. I'd actually put money on that bet, but I'd likely lose an arm and a leg. <laughs> you know, if you won that bet, it's hard to celebrate. Agreed. Yeah, because... you're absolutely right. <laughs> well, as you well know, Cliff, one of the goals of this program. Okay, we don't really have any goals here. I was just going to say. <laughs> Sorry about that. We have goals? No, we really don't have any goals. But okay. Maybe I'll read phrase that. One of the things we okay. try to do here on this program is yeah. shine a spotlight on individuals from time to time as we do. How's that? Is that a little bit better? Okay. That's better, yes. Yes, but we try to keep that spotlight off of myself and off of Cliff. But today, Cliff, yeah, is I'd like to make a little exception to that because today oh. is a big, big day in my lifetime in June 22nd. Why, why did I not know anything about this? Well, I mean, we've, <laughs> we've known each what, like a decade and a half? And I'm I just know. now finding out how big June 22nd is to you. It is a huge day. I try to keep yeah. it you know, quiet and personal and to yeah. myself, but today is a huge day. Uh-huh. <sighs> what, what? It almost tears me up a little bit. <laughs> oh, no, really? It nearly does. Are you going to tell us about it? Well, today, Cliff... Yeah. The donut was invented, and I'm... In 1847 is when it happened, and today is like a huge day for me because I will attack a donut shop sometime this afternoon in celebration. (laughs) To celebrate. Yes, I'll be in there. It'll be like, you know, uh, circle the wagons, kids, because I'm coming in, and I'm going to get anything I can. And I, it just always sticks out to me this date. Now, you didn't even know that it was Donut Invention no. Day, did you? The day that the donut was... No, I had no idea that that's the day the donut was invented. Well, yeah. now that you do, you yeah. can celebrate, too. By going to get donuts. <laughs> and bring them to me, if you would. Oh, but I have to bring you donuts. <laughs> yes, if you would. Okay. <laughs> Just when you thought 2020 couldn't get any worse, yeah. it's going to, Cliff. What now? There's a huge cloud of dust. From the Sahara Desert that's oh, blowing that's across right. the Atlantic. It's coming all the way across the Atlantic, and it's coming up to the southeastern part of the U.S. And it should be here this week. And probably will affect Indiana at the very edge. Uh, that means there'll be more people coughing <laughs> because of the dust in the air. No, no doubt. And uh, allergies will go up. But on the bright side... The sunsets and sunrises will be really cool. They will be that, but uh, you know, if you can't breathe, you don't really, you know, right. don't really care Who about wants it. To go out and see the sunrise, and we'll have to get, we'll have to uh, call out the National Guard Swiffer Regiment to dust everything <laughs> up. I'm going to be going through the car wash twice as much. But on the bright side, Cliff, yeah, this uh, dust storm that's coming. Yeah. The plague of locusts that we were scheduled for, that's been postponed for 10 oh. days. Oh, good. <laughs> so we could be able to clean up before the locusts get here to eat everything up, okay? Yeah, uh-huh. Let me make sure I've got this correct, Cliff, in my mind. Okay. You What's mentioned that? the dust storm that's coming from the Sahara Desert. Yes. May touch into Indiana and the Tri-State. Yes. Maybe. 
Maybe. I know meteorologists have a tough time with the weather, and I would think it would be dang hard to determine where dust is going to go. But if it comes here, and yeah. we get that later this week, and we have a mm-hmm. rainstorm yeah. at the same time, yeah, will it be like raining mud on us here in the tri-state? <laughs> it's entirely possible. I can hear the National Weather Service guy now. Today's yeah. forecast, the air quality will be extra chunky in the tri-state area. <laughs> the hurtful text messages come into this program. It would be hurtful? Yes. Earlier today, I told you, Cliff, how yeah. important this day, June 22nd, is to me personally. Because it's the invention of the donut. Right. The, the donut was invented on this day in history. Yes, 1847 to be exact. And we got a text message in here that says, you know, the donut deal that you talked about would have been a great take it to the bank, the who, what, when, and where. Yeah. My response to that was, uh, Mm -hmm. where were you two weeks ago when I was working on this take it to the bank for today? (laughs) And the that's what the responder said, too, just like you. And he went on to say, I thought you come up with this crap about 15 to 20 minutes before it's time to actually say it on the radio. Yeah. The things you learn here, you must admit it, Weed, some of the not-so-good stuff that you do. That's hurtful, Cliff. <laughs> wait, wait. That's hurtful. Not-so-good stuff? Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, he, he thinks that some of the stuff you do is not-so-good. That's what he says. <laughs> well, Me too. <laughs> And before we start our Take It to the Bank, let me apologize for not having a donut special on Take It to the Bank this morning. <laughs> well, Cliff, I've thought about well, this. You, you planned for 20 minutes. You could have come up with a donut. I, two weeks. Two weeks I've had this one ready to go on this date. <laughs> okay. Well, Cliff, our Take It to the Bank today, and I yeah. thought Lazy Boy Chairs have, should have had this idea years ago. Okay. It's the air-conditioned chair. Now, I yes. know Lazy Boys have chairs that have, well, they have like a cooler in there. You can throw ice and you can throw your drinks in there and whip it yeah. out of their chair. And I'm like, eh, I want the whole chair to be air-conditioned. <laughs> yes. That way, since I never get out of my chair, mm-hmm. I can let the heat just build in the rest of the house. I don't care. I'm going to be comfortable in my air-conditioned chair. And on this date, in 1882, the air-conditioned rocking chair was patented. Wow. Yes. Wow. Now, it had a propeller fan that was mounted over the top of you. Yeah. And it was turned on by the chair's rocking action. (laughs) The faster you rocked, the faster the turn, the fan turned above your head, which would be a little bit of a problem for me at my house, Cliff. (laughs) Because rocking takes effort. (laughs) My fan would rust up. But (laughs) all of that you can take to the bank. Okay. Not the donut bank, because we're not talking donuts now, are we? (laughs) Even though the donut was invented on this day in history. I know it's not near as exciting or anything like that, but today is National Onion Ring Day. (laughs) Are you kidding? And I'm not kidding. That's almost as good as the day the donut was invented. Well, be safe and make good choices, and remember, I've got my own buzzers. Cliff, anything else said today? 
<laughs> Anything else? Yes. Well, let's see. Morning Roadshow phrases of a day. Start with number three. The plague of locusts has been postponed. Number two. Some of the not-so-good stuff you do. <laughs> say it, Cliff. Go ahead and say it. That's, Take it to the bank. No. That's number two. It's always going to be number two. Oh, <laughs> oh wait. I didn't even yeah. Get, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Now I feel like I failed today because I didn't make that connection with some of the not-so-good stuff you do and crap. Yes. <laughs> but the number one morning roadshow phrase for today Related to all that because it's one continuous yawn after another. Ah, yes. Well, let's sleep through it again tomorrow, okay, Cliff? Oh, sure. Here we go. <laughs> if there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.